Okay, welcome back to another episode of Parenting Talk. This is Bree. I'm Riley. And today's episode, we decided that it would be good to focus on. Um, go ahead. Oh, like Gay Pride gay because pride. June is June first is LGBTQ. national. Huh. Well, LGBTQ. L, uh, June is Pride Month. And if you don't know what Pride Month is, what is it, Riley? Huh? What is Pride Month? Pride Month is um, just like a month where we where we celebrate where we celebrate people um, who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, queer, questioning anything that isn't out of the isn't anything that's norm considered normal, yeah. but it's not a norm. It's not not normal. It's just not heterosexual. That's the that's the term I was looking for. Okay, so I was looking at these little things, um, mentalfloss.com, and I was looking at like pride facts, and it says, since 1970, the LGBT community has marked June as Pride Month, a time to celebrate what it means to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, and or transgender while demanding equality and liberation from cis and heteronormative constraints. Go ahead, you can read that. Oh, it says Pride Parades. Pride Parades, which are traditionally held on the last weekend in June, commemorate the anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, a watershed moment in LGBTQ history when patrons of the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in Manhattan... Patrons or patrons? I say patrons. It's patrons. Patrons of the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in Manhattan that is now a national monument, fought back against a police raid. This marks the 51st anniversary of the first gay Pride March which was held on the first anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. Okay. Yes. Okay, so, given that many of the event's 50th anniversary celebrations were lost and missed the COVID-19 pandemic, now it's the perfect time to look at my history of Pride Month. You can read it if you want. If you want to read from there. One. There was a gay rights movement before Pride Month. There is a storied history Sorted. Of a, no, story. Where? There's a storied history of LGBTQ oh. activism in the United States that dates back long before the Stonewall Riots. In 1924, Henry Gerber, a German immigrant, founded the Society for Human Rights in Chicago. It was the first group to campaign for any gay rights in the United States. That's pretty cool. Yep. And there's more, but... Um, okay. You didn't read that one? Um, in 1955, the daughters of... Billitis was founded in San Francisco and became the first lesbian rights group in the United States. In the 1960s, the Mattachine Society would hold annual reminders at Philadelphia's Independence Hall every 4th of July where they'd advocate for lesbian and gay equality. Okay, and this one is, the Stonewall Riots were not the America's first LGBTQ uprising. In 1959, a group of LGBTQ individuals who were fed up with being mistreated by the police revolted at the Cooper Donuts in Los Angeles. According to a 2015 article in Out Magazine, the group, which was led by several transgender women, pelted officers with donuts, coffee, paper plates, until they were forced to retreat and return with larger numbers. Can you just, I can just picture that. Just... Get out of here! And throwing donuts at the cops. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first gay pride parade was held in Chicago. Most people know that pride commemorates the Stonewall uprising, and that the first pride marches, which were more mil- militant mm-hmm. and liberate- liberationist, 
and less celebratory cooperatists in today's events took place in the 1970 to mark the first anniversary of Stonewall. While the Christopher Street Gay Liberation Day March in New York City is widely considered to be the first Pride Parade, it actually occurred one day after Chicago held its march, which technically makes Chicago the birthplace of gay pride. Brenda Howard, a bisexual woman, is considered the mother of pride. While the first Pride Parade may have been in Chicago, the mantle of Mother Pride belongs to a lifelong New Yorker, Brenda Howard. Howard is a Bronx-born bisexual woman. Organize, uh, she organized the Christopher Street Liberation Day March and is hailed as one of the 20th century leading voices in bisexual rights and equality. Howard's activism spanned decades and led to multiple arrests for civil disobedience, including demonstrating for women's health and rights of those living with HIV and AIDS in the 1980s and protesting, protesting against the firing of a lesbian in Georgia in the 1990s. Howard passed away in 2003. Oh. There has long been conflict over whether pride should be about liberation or equality. Early gay rights groups, such as the Machine Society, focused heavily on optics and respectability as the dress code for the annual reminders demonstrates women in dresses, men in jackets, and ties. The first Pride marches, however, were dominated by liberationists who found the confines of heteronormativity stifling and stifling, stifling and, and antithetical to the LGBTQ cause. Where? There... These Ooh. conflicts continue to play out over the ensuing decades. Anti-ethical. Whatever. Ethical. Whatever. Ethical. Whatever. These conflicts continue to play out over the ensuing decades and eventually came to a, to a head in the 1980s and 1990s when Pride marches became less radical and began to transform into the celebratory marches we know today. The debate over the nature of Pride still rages within the modern LGBTQ community with the, many modern radicals reminding us that Stonewall was a riot. Go ahead, you can read whatever facts. You don't have to read directly up here. I don't know how many facts are on. Oh, my computer thinks so. Okay, well, I also have some on here. I have some infographs saved that um, we can go back to the one. There you go. How many lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people? 9 million LGBTQ or LGBT people in the United States. More than the populations of Wyoming, Vermont, North Dakota, Alaska, South Dakota, Delaware, Montana, Rhode Island, Hawaii, and Maine combined. That's 3.5% of the U.S. population. And 25.6 million people are questioning. 25.6 million Americans, 11%, have some same-sex same sexual attraction. 19 million Americans, 8.2%, have engaged in same-sex sexual behavior. And there's 4,187,945 bisexuals. That's 46.5% of the LGBT population. And there are 901,997 901, same-sex couples. And 194,629 of them are raising children. And there are 697,529 transgender people. That's a lot of people. Do you know anybody that is part of the LGBTQ society? Yes, I do. Ah. And what do you think? Do, are they happy about Pride Month? Are they in the closet, so to speak, as the saying goes? Mm, no, a lot of them are let people know, but they don't really care if people know or not. Uh-huh. Um, one of them, that party went to the other day, one of the girls who I told you didn't go. Which is like family members. Yeah, she's bi. Um, is the one that went with me 
not gonna say their name. Um, is are they? The one that went with you. Uh huh. When I left real quick to go to the market. Oh no. Just curious. She's straight. Just curious. Um, I'm sure I know other people. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Oh, uh, you do know one. You knew two. We went to Florida. Oh, yeah. She's lesbian. But you said her mom doesn't know. No, well, her mom knows that she is, but she doesn't know that to her dating. So, what does her mom think about it? I don't see her being a very open person. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't agree with it? She thinks that maybe it's like a phase? Yeah. Try to get this one gray silver. Okay. Gray hair is good, yeah. Mom. Who is living together? Uh, do you remember that one girl probably in like first grade you had that had two moms I forgot her name and kids were being mean to her because she had two moms I don't remember oh man you told me that kids were being mean to her because she had two moms and you said what's wrong with having two moms you said she's probably got two better moms and you do have a better dad or something like that I don't remember what it was I remember I had that I oh I can't remember Presley no, like you were in like first grade or something like that. Kindergarten, maybe you were at Camino Real. Not Camino. Uh, what was the other school you went to? Yeah. You were like first grade. Anyways. I but I know someone has to say it was too much. We do know. Okay, go right there. Um, oh, we should bring her on this. Annika. I think she's busy. Oh, you should see. Maybe Jessica and Eva would want to join. I don't know if they would... But, I don't think so. Okay, go ahead. Uh, read the next June one. Pride Month. Did you know facts? Dr. Frank E. Kamney, Kim whatever, fought for your gay rights more than a decade before the Stonewall riots. He served in World War II and later as a civil service astronomer with the U.S. Army Map That's Service. That's what I was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Technical, technical Sergeant Len, Leonard P. Maltvich was a Vietnam War veteran. He was also the first gay service member to purposely out himself to challenge the ban on homosexuals in the military. And that actually just was lifted um, because if you were a homosexual, well, that's what they would say, mm -hmm. um, and you were not heterosexual, they you were not allowed to join the military. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like, why should somebody's sexual orientation deter, like, if they want to fight for their country? Wait, I, I can't read this one. Oh, okay. That's a really cool one, though. Um, I don't know why you say it like that, but here, you can read this one. Can you read this one? Probably. How optimistic. Uh, no, I cannot read that one very well. I don't know what the colors mean. I think 50%, no, it means something. 50% of older LGBT adults are just somewhat optimistic that problems they face today will be solved in the near, in the next 20 to 30 years. Yeah. 76% are concerned about having adequate family and or social supports to rely on at their age. Did you know that a lot of places, if you are lesbian or whatever, you know how like you can't get married and there's a lot of states and they don't recognize it, mm -hmm. that even like those two people we know who are married and have kids together, they couldn't be on each other's health insurance because the state won't recognize them as a couple. That's kind of messed up. I don't know why these are all like blurry. 
No, I think it's because I saved it, and I don't know. But anyways, go ahead. Um, but yeah, isn't that crazy? So those two people, even though they're married and they share all like the job and the money and the household because somebody else is against it and they don't, you know, they don't believe it. Men and or women should be with women and blah, blah, blah. There it is. That um, they don't believe that. So they couldn't even get health insurance then. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like saying because you have a mental disability, um, I'm not going to give you a health. I'm not going to help you get the help you need. I'm going to penalize you for being brown. I'm going to penalize you for being white. Mm -hmm. Okay. LGBT health disparities. 44% of people hide their gender slash sexuality in public, usually or occasionally. And 34% uh, of people hide their sexuality slash gender when accessing services. Yeah, because you don't want to be denied just because you like some like a different gender. Or you're not sure why should you be denied health uh, health care or whatever why mm -hmm. should you be denied services because what you like okay 71 percent of people chose not to reach out to a crisis support service in a crisis and 33 percent had self-harmed the, in the lgbtq youth and transgender people aged 18 are 11 times more likely to commit suicide and approximately 11% of the population identifies as LGBTI. Uh, maybe that's, um, what does the I stand for? Mm -hmm. Identity. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe they're questioning their identity. LGBT young people aged 16 to 27 are five times more likely to attempt suicide. So there's more people who, who are transgender would commit suicide than LGBT. Mm. And there are 50% of people diagnosed with depression who are LGBT. And 31% of LGBT women 40 years and older had never had a mammogram. A mammogram, you know, it's when they squish your boobs in a machine and they check for cancer. Oh. 81%. Ow. What? It hurts. It sounds like it hurts. 81% of trans patients felt comfortable disclosing with sexual orientation and gender identity when their con confidentiality was assured. Of course, that makes sense. And more than 60% of LGB people feel a health setting is more trustworthy if they see visible symbols of inclusion. Do you think people feel included or inclusive in our house? Do you think so? I think so, yeah. I mean, we obviously talk about it all the time. Yes. But like how I think it's pretty cool now how mainstream media is like all the Netflix shows and stuff like that are actually now including like gay and lesbian and all this other different programming before like back even when i was in school and stuff like that you would be watching tv you would never even see even like a heterosexual couple kiss but now you know 20 years later you could see a heterosexual couple kiss you could see a lesbian couple far more than kiss like jenny and georgia max oh yeah um, and seeing gender-neutral language on forms help more than 59% of LGB patients while they view their health care provider as inclusive. It's pretty cool. And... What? Let me see. My hair! It's so curly today and so, like, greasy. Ooh. 
LGBTQ youth in America statistics. Uh, LGBTQ youth are twice as likely as their peers to experience bullying and or physical assaults. Oh, you haven't seen the movie, but there's this movie called... Let me look it up real quick. I think it's called... Oh, I, I have to no, go by. It. No, that's no, okay. It's called um, About a Boy, I think, with Hillary Swank. Uh, Hillary Swank. Sorry if you hear me typing. Boy. Boys don't cry. So it's about this mo- uh, this movie. It's so depressing. I actually read the book and then I watched the movie. Um, so I'll go ahead and I'll put the Wikipedia. It's, I mean, so trustworthy. I don't know what happened. Okay, the boys don't cry. Okay, boys don't cry. It came out in 1999. So I was how old? 1999, mm-hmm. like 17. Okay, so the film. What? What did that? I'm sending my teacher my address so she can come drop off the phone. Cool. Hmm? I said cool. So, Boys Don't Cry is a ninth, listen, 1999 American bi- you'll have to watch this biographical film. Mm-hmm. It was written by these people. It says this film is a dramatization of the real life story of Brandon Tina, played in the film by Hillary Swank, an American trans man who attempts to find himself in love in Nebraska, but falls victim to a brutal hate crime. Uh, perpetrated by two male acquaintances so these men these two friends they beat him and killed him after reading about the case while in college Pierce conducted extensive research for a screenplay which she worked on for almost five years the film focuses on the relationship between Brandon and Lena the script okay so so I'll go ahead and I'll go back to this you know I don't think you've ever heard of that movie nope this is the person. Look, they were born in 1972, and they were died in 1993. They were 21 year old. 21 uh, they died. They killed? yeah, they were murdered. Brandon Tina was a trans man. Um, he was 21 when he died, who was raped and later, along with Philip Davina and Lisa Lambert, murdered in Humboldt, Nebraska. His life and death were the subject of the film. Brandon Tina story and boys don't cry. They also illustrated the legal and medical discrimination contributed to Tina's violent death. So because they were transgender, so these people befriended him and they beat him and they raped him because he was not heterosexual because he was a man that was transgender. He was only 21 years old. So sad. He was, he was beaten, but then he died of a gunshot wound. Tina's murder, along with that of Matthew Shepard, nearly five years later, led to an increased lobbying for hate crime laws in the United States. So, just like a hate crime against, you know, somebody who's Jewish or somebody who's black. You could have a hate crime because you're Asian. And that's like all these hate crimes that are going on right now. Like, especially with the coronavirus, all these Asian people are getting... The Asian community is facing so much backlash and hate crimes because of their because they're Asian what are you hot what it's so loud okay so during this uh, read it. it says during a Christmas okay during a Christmas Eve party Nissen and Lauder grabbed Tina and forced him to remove his pants proving to Tisdale that Tina had a vulva Tisdale looked only when forced to and said nothing Lauder and Nissen later assaulted Tina and forced him into a car they drove to an area by a meat packing plant in Richardson County where they assaulted and gang raped him. They then returned to Nissen's home where Tina was ordered to take a shower. 
Tina escaped from Nissen's bathroom by climbing out the window and went to Tisdale's house. He was convinced by Tisdale to file a police report, though Nissen and Lauder had warned Tina not to tell the police about the gang rape or they would silence him permanently. Tina also went to the emergency room where a standard rape kit was assembled, but later lost. Sheriff Charles B. Locks questioned Tina about the rape. Reportedly, he seemed especially interested in Tina's transsexuality to the point that Tina found his questions rude and unnecessary and refused to answer. Nissen and Lauder learned of the report and they began to search for Tina. They did not find him and three days later, the police questioned them. Sheriff Locks declined to have them arrested because what kind of person was she? The first few times we arrested her, she was putting herself off as a guy. Around 1 a.m. on December 31, 1993, Nissen and Lauder drove up to Lambert's house and broke in. They found Lambert in bed and demanded to know where Tina was. Lambert refused to tell them. Nissen searched and found Tina under the bed. The man asked Lambert if there was anyone else in the house, and she replied that Philip Devine, who at the time was dating Tisdale's sister, was staying with her. They then shot and killed Devine, Lambert, and Tina in front of Lambert's toddler. Nissen later testified in court that he noticed that Tina was switching and asked Lauder for a knife, with which Nissen stabbed Tina in the chest to ensure that he was dead. Nissen and Lauder then left, later being arrested and charged with murder. So crazy. There, she's, or he, she is buried in Lincoln Memorial Cemetery in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, their headstone inscribed with, with his birth name and the epitaph of daughter, sister, and friend. How did they make you feel? That's really sad. Like, what? I, I read about this story. Like I said, I was like 17, 17, 16 when this, wow, 16, 16 when this happened. So I was only two years, almost two years older than you. That's sad. That's terrifying. All like, because they aren't heterosexual but in my opinion you there you're not there is no wrong wrong or right way to love somebody into who you are it's not like i don't know i i feel like you know you're born with who you love like what you want to be and who you are what you identify with i don't think anybody can make you gay i don't think anybody can make you like i mean i'm sure there's women who i'm like oh god she's beautiful and like influences you but inherently it's not like you know what I mean yeah what Nothing. <laughs> because I said that yeah you're so silly well go ahead you're influenced by models and actors <clears throat> um, I thought you were gonna keep talking I'm I'm trying. Six ways to include to be inclusive to LGBTQ families. Tip number one: When speaking with children of LGBTQ families, use their words and terminology when talking about their family. Tip number two: Talk about all kinds of families. Not every family has one mom and one dad. Make sure make it safe to uh, to celebrate any supportive relationship a child has. Cause why am I gonna downplay you having two moms if they're two? awesome moms or two awesome dads vice versa and what i mean would i celebrate you having a toxic mom and a dad who beats you just because they're a normal family that's stupid tip number three avoid gender stereotypes stereotypes in younger children's crafts 
steer away from cards with flowers for moms or ties for dads, for example. Look at you, Dollar Tree. Because <laughs> that's how their cards always are. Always have a tie for a dad and flowers for mom. Mm -hmm. a stereotypical crafts, like you're stereotyping what women and men like. Mm -hmm. Tip number four. Ask about the qualities that mothers and fathers have or the roles they often play and why these have been culturally assigned to each gender. Tip number five, don't let the child be alone. Make sure someone, maybe a teacher or administrator, can be there to support that child. And tip number six, if you are unsure about wishing them a happy Mother's Day and or Father's Day, ask them how they celebrate instead of making assumptions. That's a good one. Go ahead. So... Percentage of LGBTQ plus youth who experience the following within their home. 24% of LGBTQ youth can be themselves as an LGBTQ person at home. And there are 25% of families who show their support by getting involved in the LGBTQ community. And there are 67% of families who make negative oh. comments about LGBTQ. We do know another. We do know another lesbian family. Families who make youth feel negative about being LGBTQ, there's a 48%. So it's more than acceptance. Um, like there's more negativity about LGBTQ youth. Oh, I know. Like it's so when I wrote like when I wrote that thing about pride, you want to read it? Want to read my? Yes. Okay, let me pull that because I really went on Facebook. This is from my mom on her Facebook. Happy June 1st. I know that even while you celebrate, you are so scared. Scared for your life, for the life of the person whose hand you're holding so tightly as you walk down the street. Scared for your friend who's finally had a chance to dress up the way he wants to. But he and you both know that it takes only one offensive slur from an ignorant bystander to turn the whole picture terrifying. I know that even, while you even when you celebrate, there's always a threat lurking behind the shadows. It's as if a child is celebrating their birthday, but with the constant fear that someone might just come and burst all the balloons, smash the cake against a wall, steal all the presents, hit all the guests, and then leave. Only in your case, the fear isn't irrational and childlike. It's reality. I am sorry for the stereotypes that we have imposed on you when all you wanted was just to be treated like a normal human being. You are not just the gay best friend. You are more than an effeminate effeminate man and a butch woman a butch butch woman and you are more than your choices in fashion and clothing you are not a taboo you are not an anomaly an anomaly an anomaly <laughs> you are every single color of the spectrum but you are also black and gray like the ashes of the phoenix from which it rises and an infantum never for once let anyone tell you otherwise i'm raising my kids that love is love no single relationship is perfect. Everyone is worthy, and we are your allies. Happy Pride. Should you put a little picture, it's aesthetic picture, of a rainbow flag. But I tell you guys all that all the time. Like, I um, I, I recorded the conversation Riker and I had last week when you know he told, what's her name, Adelie, that he liked her. You know, he liked her, liked her, and <laughs> so cute. And he lost his mind because everybody was making fun of him because she said he didn't like her. So she didn't like him yeah. like that. Yeah, she didn't like him like that. And Riker's best friend, Emery, said, It's okay, Riker. I'll marry you. Do you really? Riker said he's the only one who didn't make fun of him was his friend, Emery. And 
that it, that's the only person to make fun of me. He said, Mary, he said, but mom, Emery's a boy. And I, and I had said, you know, who cares that Emery's a boy? I'm like, boys can marry boys? Like, we've already talked about it. But, you know, I was recording the conversation and I was talking I to Jessica. And she's like, I think you handled this right. You know, because I was like, me, I like to tell you all the time, I'm a parent. I'm still learning. Um, I had said, Riker, just because you told a girl that you don't like her, it doesn't it doesn't change anything what well, does she has the right to not like you and you have the right to be upset but it's okay because you'll get older and guess what you'll find somebody else and if you want to marry Emery and that's what you want that's fine but I don't know what's going on at school but there's something else going on at school and he doesn't talk about it but like we were driving to school the other day and he goes mom and you know obviously we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. um so it's not anything to you guys because were open and older he said mom did you know that some boys marry boys and some girls Um, marry girls you weren't here no i heard him but i but i was telling him i was like yeah that's that's fine i said some families only have one mom some you know went through what different families look like and so that's what my head there's something going on at school maybe somebody has a two moms or two dads Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering because he, like, you know, he's going to be seven. He's questioning these things, and he's just now realizing that. That goes to show you that a six-year-old doesn't see color, gender, race. They don't see differences. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I thought that was funny. So I told Emery's dad the other day when I talked to him. Um, I said I just wanted to tell you thank you so much. You know, Emery has a very kind heart. I really appreciate it. and I explained to him what happened. He goes, oh, he's like. That's my boy. He's like, trust me. He's like, we raise him to know better. So, I just thought it was great. That's nice. That's sweet. He said he can hear Oh, that's so nice. Okay, you want to go outside and keep going up there and talking? Or do you want to pause and pause. continue this later? Yes. We'll okay. be right back, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're back to the second half of Parenting Talk. We're talking about June is Pride Month. Um... So, let's see. I was actually pulling up some infographs earlier. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my throat. Um, this is for this is the infographic. It says why trans people need more visibility. Um, it says that eighty percent of trans students felt unsafe at school because of their gender expression. Fifty-eight point seven percent of students of non-conforming students experienced verbal harassment in the past year because of their gender expression compared to 29% of their peers. 49% of trans people reported physical abuse in a 2007 study. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gender Violence and Resource Access Survey found that 50% of trans people have been raped or assaulted by a romantic partner. Wow. 30% of trans women have been incarcerated. of trans people have attempted suicide. That's crazy. And it says trans women have a 1 in 12 chance of being murdered or a 1 in 8 chance for a trans woman of color being murdered. That's sad. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. Go ahead. Um, So, you know... Um... So, the other day I was curious to see what kind of, you know, like, pronouns there are. We've discussed this before in gender fluid. We've discussed. 
And um, there is a lot. I know we discussed it before. Yeah. There's uh, Faye, Fair, uh, like Fair Self, like with an S. I don't understand what that means, really. There's so many. And the ones I'm most used to are like he and him, and like she and her, they, them. And, um. So I didn't know if there's other ones, just like Z, them, and all that, and I didn't understand that. And so I was curious, um, to search up like the most used pronouns and stuff. And it says, um,. Beyond, this is from the NBCnews.com. Beyond he and she, one in four LGBTQ youth use non-binary pronouns. And surveys find that they, them is the most popular non-binary option. But 4% of those surveyed report using neo-pronouns like Z, Zim, and Z, Zir. And it says, um, the survey they took, wait, the survey of about 40,000 LGBTQ Young people ages 13 to 24 found that 75% of those who use pronouns other than the gender binary choose a combination of he, him, she, her, and they, them to express the nuances of their gender. For example, a person might use he and they, or she and they, or he, she, and they. So they, that's like gender fluid, right? Can mm-hmm. He, or she, or both. Um, the survey also found that 4% of respondents use neopronouns, including Z, Zir, and Zig Zem and Fay Fair, or a combination of other terms with other pronouns. Um, for a society that has long been accustomed to only two sets of pronoun choices, she, her, and he, him, the past several years have resulted in widespread education <coughs> on the use of non-binary gender pronouns, particularly they, them, which 5% of the surveyed LGBTQ youth reported using exclusively, which is super cool that they have a lot of different kinds of pronouns but the scary part is like getting it right you know what i mean well if you're not sure you could always ask what they want to be addressed as mm-hmm. so i was reading on like same-sex marriages so actually the u.s supreme court in 2015 made same-sex marriage legal in all 50 state all 50 states <clears throat> and this is from guides to georgetown education it says it's only fitting to end this timeline with a quote from the from that following decision no union is more profound than marriage for it embodies the highest ideals of love fidelity devotion sacrifice and family and a forming a marital union two people become something greater than they once once they were as some of the petitioners in these cases demonstrate marriage embodies a love that may endure past death it would misunderstand these men and women to say they disrespect the idea of marriage. Their plea is, they, is, is that they do respect it, respect it so deeply that they seek to find its fulfillment for themselves. Their hope is not to be condemned to live in loneliness, excluded from one civilization's oldest institutions. They ask for equal dignity in the eyes of the law. The Constitution grants, grants them that right. But, so these are like... I like this website. It's actually it's like it's a timeline in the legalization of the same-sex marriage in the U.S. Um, in 1970, same-sex couple in Minnesota applied for their marriage license. They are denied, and their case goes to the state Supreme Court. Uh, 1976, a non-church-sanctioned gay wedding makes news. It's so crazy. Like 
1993, the Hawaii Supreme Court ruled that the same-sex marriages cannot be denied unless there is compelling reasons to do so. It's just crazy that it's 2015 is when it became, like, legal. That's insane. And this is also talking about, this is from inter, internab.hrw.org, and it's about LGBT rights. A strong global movement has improved respect for the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people around the world. However, at least 69 countries have national laws criminalizing same-sex relations between consenting adults. In addition, at least nine countries have national laws criminalizing criminalizing forms of gender expression that target transgender and gender non-conforming people. So even though it's legal, it's not legal. It's yeah. just like it's like shunned again, like shunned for like. No, it's, um example is like marijuana is legal in some states, but it is against federal rule laws. So federal trumps state. Mm. So that's what I was gonna say. And then, <clears throat> and this one right here, I was gonna tell you. It says the brief history of this. I was looking at the nineteen nineties. Remember, I was telling you, <clears throat> don't ask, don't tell. That was about the military. Mm-hmm. The 90s were a pivotal time for gay rights, while LGBTQ, or L- yes, she said I'm the worst, uh, were treated unequally and often faced violence within their communities. A younger generation began to realize that LGBTQ people are entitled to the same rights as anyone else. In 1993, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy was instituted within the U.S. military, permitting gays to serve in the military, but banning homosexual activity. President Clinton's original intention to revoke the prohibition against gays in the military was met with stiff opposition. This compromise, which led to the discharge of thousands of men and women in armed forces, was the result. On April 25th, an estimated 800,000 to 1 million people participated in the March on Washington for lesbian, gay, and bi-equal rights and liberation. Several events, such as art and history exhibits, public service outings, workshops were held throughout. So in the in the Defense of Marriage Act, which was D, it's called DOMA, was enacted in 1996, so three years later, and defined marriage at the federal level as the union of one man to one woman. It was primarily brought about it it primarily yeah, was primarily brought about by a fear that it states that if states granted same sex couples the right to marry, the federal government and other states would have to honor those marriage. In 1996, this was an idea that did not sit well with the majority of Congress. It should be noted that Congress was held by Republican at the time. So the Defense of Marriage Act. So people who believe that marriage is just man and woman, that's it. Like, yeah. Nothing nothing outside of that. So DOMA allowed states to refuse recognized same-sex marriages granted under the laws of other states, more starkly speaking, until Section 3 of the Act was struck down in 2013. You don't have to read all of it. No, I'm sorry, but you read very fast. Well, you gotta talk while you're reading. Um. So. Um. This is still from the same website. Um. So, it says, legal sanctions against same-sex conduct vary in scope and application. In some countries, only specific sexual acts are punished. While in others, the laws are more general, often vague and open to varying interpretation. Sentences range from fines to life imprisonment, even the death penalty. That's crazy. Yep. 
Uh, in some countries, law enforcement agencies aggressively pursue and prosecute people suspected of being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. In others, the laws are rarely enforced, but nonetheless have severe consequences for LGBT people, serving to justify discriminatory treatment and impending LGBT people's access to employment, health services, and police protection. I actually saved an infographic and it was talking about, like, right here, I wonder if I saved it on here. Um, that's funny. You took a picture. I'm doing a video. It was talking about like LGBTQ. Uh, oh, that's not. Um, like there is an example of like two Exxon Mobil. Like so, it's like this huge gas conglomerate company. You know, Exxon Gas. I don't know. Like with like Chevron. Um, where it was two women, one who's by bi- one who's gay and one is straight, but they both went to they started out the same level, had the same education, and then the the lesbian one got a great education she's qualified or qualified for a job but she stuck at this level as like a receptionist versus the woman who is um without the education and background behind it and the experience she's actually got a higher position even though the other girl deserved it but because of their different their sexual orientation one is one's Go ahead. Um. Oops. Go ahead. Oh, this is what I was just reading. A tale of two Exxon mobile applicants. Okay, I'll read it. Go ahead. Job as an administrative assistant in Pakota, Illinois. So there's Jennifer, who is... So Jennifer and Michelle both attended the same high school. Yes, but wait, hold on. Jennifer is... They attended the same call. No, okay, but what is Jennifer? She's she's lesbian. So Jennifer is lesbian, Michelle is straight. Yeah. They both went to the same high school. Um, Jennifer had superior grades, while Michelle didn't. They attended the same college, and Jennifer still had superior grades. Um, Michelle didn't. Their work history was the same. And Jennifer had superior experience and skills. And Michelle didn't, and they had relevant prior job titles. And Jennifer ended up getting assistant office manager, and Michelle got office assistant. And they both had volunteer experience. And then Jennifer is an LGBT rights activism, and Michelle is a feminist activism. And they submitted a resume December 4th, 2012. And both of them got a confirmed submission. Mm-hmm. And then it says, ExxonMobil responded um, 10 days after Michelle's confirmed submission. And they call for an interview. She does not respond. They call like five days later. And she does not respond again. And then they respond again the same day, suggesting that they will hold their position open until December 21st. And there is nothing for Jennifer about that job so resolution michelle never responds exxon fills position with another applicant they never contact jennifer the lgbt applicant or offer her an opportunity to interview for the job the conclusion based on exxon's dramatically different responses to the two resumes and applicants it is clear that exxon treated the weaker non-lgbt applicant far more favorably than the strong lgbt that happens all the time though yeah so i mean it's just 
Look at that. There's 10 most friendly gay countries. 10 most friendly, uh, gay, most gay friendly countries. Uh, one is Belgium. Belgium was also the second country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage after the Netherlands. Two is Ireland. Gay travelers will find extensive gay clubs, bars, hotels, and other institutions around gay culture in Ireland. Three is Portugal. There is a thriving gay life in this Western European nation, and they are also known as being for particularly beautiful and fun-loving people. And four is Malta. It is ranked first in Europe and allows not only same-sex marriage as of 2017, but open military service and protections against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity, which is amazing. Um, five is Argentina. Argentina has given full rights to adopt children, earning a reputation among the most advanced in the world for gay rights. We didn't even touch on that. But yet they won't let them marry same-sex. Yep. But, that's what I'm saying, we didn't even get to touch on that. There's like... It's so sad that, like, when you go, there's places, like, if you want to have a baby and you want to adopt a baby, a lot of places are like, no, they won't let you adopt a child because you're same-sex marriage. We or, should have had that next, like, adoption and, yeah, like, the you get adoption turned down. system and stuff. You get turned down for that because you don't fit their queue. But, mm-hmm. of course, just like with the regular job, like, any other way else, they're going to tell you, just like this one pair, Exxon thing, they're not going to tell you that's why you're not getting it. When you're not being picked to adopt. Mm -hmm. They're going to just secretly judge you. The sixth uh, country that's most gay friendly is Uruguay. 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 Legalized a gay. You said Uruguay. (laughs) It's Uruguay. It's just funny because we're talking about gay rights. Uruguay legalized (laughs) gay marriage in 2013 and has also focused on transgender rights. Uruguay and Argentina are also state donors to the Global Equality Fund. And seven, the Philippines. When it comes to LGBT rights, they're not strictly determined, but South Asians in these parts have a tendency to minor in business and leave prejudice behind. Uh, Eight is Brazil. Both Rio and Sao Sao Paulo are the top 50 LGBT cities list. Brazil has had gay marriage since 2013 and hosts some of the world's most foremost gay pride parades. Next is Israel. Israel is known for its vibrant gay scene, particularly concentrated in the urban area of Tel Aviv and has been rated by some accounts as the world's uh, best gay travel destination. And the last one is South Africa. South Africa is still the only nation on the continent that legalized same-sex marriage and it's the best place for gay nomad capitalists to invest and hone their interpretive skills. Yay! Let's see what else. Go ahead. Why do you think so many people are against it? Do you think in the Bible it says anything against it? Yes. You think so? It does. What does it say? Pull it up. Let's find out. Let's see. I got it. I know, I was looking at another infograph. This question is funny. I thought it was like a dog, like a finger of a dog. Workers' rights are LGBT, LGBTQ rights. Workers with domestic partners, health care coverage, 53% versus 17 non, non-union. Let's see, go ahead. Okay, so... 
Yes? Hold on. Okay. So the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is from Levit Leviticus eighteen and twenty. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And the next part says, If a man lies with a male as a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. But they're just saying they lie. They're not saying their jointed union is no. marriage. You shall not lie. Like, you shall not lay. Like, lay. <laughs> We're laying right next to each other. You shall not lay with a male as with a woman. I had to read. I read that part. I got to that part. Uh-huh. In the Bible. And it was talking about before. Um, and it was talking about. Uh, how they can't like lay together or um, kind of shunning like same sex practice. Mm hmm. Wait, you're gonna read something? Do it right here. From Epsons 531, it says, This is just a summary of what they say. Any and all sexual activity which takes place outside of this context is treated as sinful, what Jesus calls sexual immortality. So this website, actually, on our Pride Month, let me close this, accept this. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? At the heart of the claim that the Bible is clear that homosexuality is forbidden by God is a poor Biblical scholarship and a cultural basis read into the Bible. That's what I'm saying. Woo, that was a big old mosquito eater. What you're reading is a website based for religion. Now, if you go somewhere else, it's going to say something else. It's going to be like another person's interpretation. So this one says... You're on that already. Huh? What? Hey, I'm already here. Okay, so it says, For Christians to whom the Bible, who the Bible is God's very written word, is widely understood that God produces... Okay. What is the biblical interpretation? Whenever any, whenever any person opens the Bible, they begin a process. I'm waiting for the... Oh, no. I accidentally closed it. Okay. It says, For many evangel... 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 <laughs> I thought you were a... But... <laughs> And other conservative Christians, the answer to this is yes. Their interpretation is that same-sex relationships are not able to reflect God's creative intent. Their reasoning includes, but is not limited to, what they were always taught was unbiased interpretation, interpretation of the relevant passages and to a core belief that sex differentiation is an indispensable part of Christian marriage. What were you going to say? So, this is from another website that's not about, like... It's not a, like, a church website or anything. It says, so in Jude 7, they say, uh, blah, blah, blah. Indulge in, if you indulge in sexual mortality and pursue a natural desire, serve as a better example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Meaning, Jude makes it clear, oh, so what happened in Sodom, which is one of the cities, like, uh, it's one of the cities um, that's in the Bible. Um, so it says, What happened at Sodom is clearly meant to be something of a cautionary tale. Jude makes it clear that their ungodliness involves sexual immortality. So there are two, two males, I think. I think it's two males. Two males at Sodom. 
ended up sleeping together. And they were punished for sexual sin along with other sins of which they were guilty for loving each other. Mm-hmm. And they were burned in an eternal fire. Whoa. And then... It says, the town destroys Genesis 19, Leviticus. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19 is well known. This is where the term sodomite and sodomy originate and has been long associated with the biblical condemnation of male homosexual sex. It is, however, actually about gang rape. In this story, the men of Sodom seek to rape two visitors who are actually angels. Their host, Lot, defends them and offers them protection in his house, but offers his virgin daughters to be raped in their place. Crazy. In this part... It's a hair about two girls who ended up having sex with their dad in order to yeah. have offspring. Um, it says, It is deeply problematic and complex story that warrants an article on its own, but what is clear is that sexual violence and rape is harshly condemned, and so God destroys the town with sulfur and fire. Mm-hmm. Despite the linguistic history of the word sodomite, Genesis 19 has nothing to say about homosexuality or mutual consenting adults of the same gender expressing their desire and love. Two of the laws, Leviticus 18, 22, and 2013, seem more pertinent. They call, this is what you were saying, they call a man lying with another man instead of his wife an abomination. We should note first that the imagined scenario is a married man committing adultery with another male. It is not describing what we would understand to be a sexual orientation. That's what I said. We might also note the inherent sexism here. Women apparently do not have the same desire or their sexuality is deemed too insignificant to be worthy of a comment. It says, again, we need a context. Yes, this verse clearly condemns adulterous homosexual sex and calling an abomination. But here are all the other things also called abominations by Egyptians eating with Hebrews, having an image of another god in your house, sacrificing your child to the god of Molech, having sex with your wife when she is menstruating, taking your wife, sister as a second wife, and eating pork. Mm-hmm. Ban, likewise, is wearing mixed fabrics, clothing, interbreeding animals of different species, tattoos, mocking the blind by putting obstacles in their way, and trimming your beard. So, I don't understand why everybody takes the Bible so dang literal. I mean, yes, some people are with religion, but... If these things, if you can't follow that Bible to a T, why do you get to pick and choose what you're going to follow? Yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead. I have a lot of friends who read the Bible and stuff, but they don't really. Go ahead. Like, they still are fine with, like, LGBTQ plus and all that. Uh-huh. Um, so since we're on the topic of, like, religion, um... So, this is from hrc.org, the thing that you own. Religion has been a source of both solace and suffering for many lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer Americans. While most LGBTQ Americans have been raised in an organized religion, and many continue to cherish their faith, their faith community, too many have been forced to leave those communities behind because of condemnation of lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. Um... But it says, in recent years, though, a growing number of organized religious groups in the United States have issued statements officially welcoming LGBTQ people as members. Uh, and they help fight for the freedom from discrimination and the solemnizing of same-sex marriage and the ordination of openly LGBTQ clergy. So, I think it's kind of, like, yeah, there's a lot of religions, like, religions that don't 
agree with LGBTQ+, but when you think about it, the new generation, like Generation Z and all that, they're like, they're, we're all getting older, right? And we're all becoming the new pastors or the new, like, you know what I mean? Like the new church clergy, like clergy, clergy, whatever. Clergy? Clergy. Clergy, whatever. Clergy. Well, if you're going to say a word, say it right. Don't just say whatever. They're becoming like the new clergy and the new um, pastor, etc. So their views, they're obviously going to speak a lot of what they think too, which could also convince other people. Does that make sense? Well, then, but you're not going with the original what your original Bible is telling you or what your, what your upbringing is. You can't, I mean, there are some people that have, they're like new church and new religions and like takes on it. Yes. But you can't say you're a Christian and then you go with this and it's, you know, it was same sex marriage. Like if you're a Christian, you're going to believe in this, but you yeah, can, if you're Catholic, um, well, Catholics believe in saints. Christians don't. Um, okay, so this one is actually from theconversation.com. It says there are six... I just had it. It says there are at most six passages of the Bible that are relevant to what the passage. So we did the one of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19 um, when the two men of Sodom seek to rape two visitors who are actually angels. We did that one. Um, and then the two laws of Leviticus, when it says they call a man lying with another man instead of his wife, an abomination. But again, that is more or less for me, like the interpretation of that is not necessarily your, it's you're having an affair outside of your marriage. It didn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my Bible right now. It says, we should also note the first imagined scenario is a married man committing adultery with another male. It's not describing what we would understand. Okay, so we did that one. It's just, there's so many. Whoop. I don't know what happened just there. Anyways, go ahead. Here's 10 anti-LGBTQ things you can't do while following Jesus. One, condone violence toward people who are LGBT. Here's the thing, that sentence should have stopped after the word people. LGBT, white, black, sinner, saint, scoundrel, savior, you are not loving your neighbor or those you think of as enemy when you support violence against them. Jesus said to love neighbor and enemy. So Jesus would love all his children, whether or not they loved. So these are like 10 things you can't do while following Jesus. Two, be against same-sex marriage. Biblical marriage is one of the best Christian misrepresentations out there. Yes, in the Bible, marriage is between one man and one woman. It is also between one man and one woman and their God-appointed surrogate mother. Not only that, God frequently blessed polygamists. Polygamists? Polygamists? Do you know what that is? Like, that's a person that has one that has more than one like wife. Yeah, I know. Like Gideon and Samar, whatever. Jesus himself believed that if a woman's husband dies and she doesn't have a son, she must marry his brother and have intercourse with him until she has a son. What if you have a daughter? Do you die? No, because, no, yeah, they would. They actually killed a lot. Um, We're just like 
King it's like, whatever his yeah, name was. It's like trying King Henry yeah. III. And he kept killing, and they killed the sister after she promised him a son. He killed several of his wives. Yep, because they couldn't produce a boy. Exactly. But then, you know, his daughter was Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And she had, oh, yeah. You cannot discriminate against LGBT folk. Recently, a group of Christians asked, asked President Obama for special permission to discriminate against a particular segment of the population. That's stupid. Worse yet, they'd want to do it while receiving government funds. They want to take money from the government, made through taxing everyone, to be allowed to exclude some of the very people from which the money came. And they were the Christians. You cannot say the Bible slash God hates gay people. You've seen the side, God's hate, God hates homos. Here's the thing. The Bible never says that. As a matter of fact, it literally couldn't. The modern day concept of homosexual is exactly that. Modern day. Our understanding of two people of the same sex in a committed relationship was not something the biblical text ever addressed because it wasn't a concept they understood or thought about. Not only that, the very few times the Bible mentions anything even mildly related to same-sex relationships, it doesn't say what most Christians seem to think it says. That's what I said. Five, you cannot withhold ordination. Are you sitting down? Okay, good. I have something to tell you, and I need you to be ready for it. Here it goes. Some Some Christians are gay. Are you okay? You need a minute? Even if being gay were a sin, it is not. Being a Christian isn't about being perfect. It's about loving God and loving others. Some Christians are gay. Some Christians are self-important. Some are loud. Some are polite. Some are even agnostic. They are just people being people, not good nor bad. Being gay has absolutely no impact on your ability to love God and love other people. As a matter of fact, I'd argue that if you are gay and a Christian, you have uber skills at loving other people. Think about it. Gay Christians are willing to identify heavily and participate in a group that is historically judged Marginal, m- marginalized. marginalized and persecuted them. These people who could teach us a crazy amount about forgiveness, love, and grace. Also, is also be quiet when people are marginalized and bullied. Wait, don't. Don't be quiet when people are marginalized and bullied. Yeah, that's like his, you're just being what they call, like, we've talked about that, the bystander syndrome, mm-hmm. where you, you're seeing something wrong, but you're not standing up for somebody, so it makes you just as guilty because you're not standing up for what you know is wrong. Mm-hmm. And next. Do you cannot um sorry, hold on. You cannot you cannot think that believe believe being gay is a choice. How is it that in the minds of so many Christians God made straight people straight, but gay people choose to be gay? Um, someone that I know says that a kind of thinking comes from seeing same-sex attraction as a behavior rather than understanding it as a part of who someone is. The classic question sometimes asked is, when did you choose to be straight? Um, sure, it's a bit myopic in the understanding of human sexuality, but the point still stands. Sexuality is much more a part of who you are than it is about behavior you choose. Oh, wait, this is too much reading. My throat hurts. I sing really loud today. Anyways. Hey, stop talking like a male. All right. Well, we're at an hour of the podcast already. Yeah, so we should really end it. Huh? We should really end it. We should end it. It'll be really long. Well, we can always do another episode on Pride. 
Okay, well, everybody, I guess we're signing off. It's late, and I got some chores I got to do, too. So, peace out until next week's episode. We'll probably do another episode on pride. We love everybody. We accept everybody. And if your family doesn't accept you, I'll accept you. You just have to deal with my crazy aggressiveness, as Riley's friends say. Your mom is crazy and aggressive. And loud when she pulls up, rolling up in her Cardi B up song. Your hands are rough. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. This is Bree. This is Riley. Bye. Bye. Mike.